0: Meanwhile, our heroes go for some religious comfort at the Temple of the Great
1: Worm Spirit. I'm telling you, little buddy, this is the finest temple in all of Earth.
0: I don't know, Jim. Wasn't he hunting us not too long ago? I don't like the look of that preacher.
1: Nah, it's fine. I come here every week to get some spiritual enlightenment.
2: Arise, my congregation, and stand on your footsies and everything you got there. It is I, your pastor Bob the Goldfish, and I'm here to prosthetize and release any demons that are in any of our creatures.
1: Tell it, Preacher. Hell yeah!
2: Do we have any, uh, particularly puppy dogs or earthworms who might need be in need of some healing?
0: Oh, maybe maybe he maybe he doesn't see us. Let's just leave out the back door. Nonsense,
1: Peter. This is a great opportunity to cure your Hulkination.
0: Oh no, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. Yoo-hoo,
1: Bob, down
2: here. You! You, the talking earthworm in the giant spacesuit and the little, the cute little puppy
1: dog. <laughs> well, yeah, I got a friend for you. I got a friend for you who needs some help.
0: Uh, I just can't control myself whenever I get scared or nervous or angry. I just, I transform and I can't control myself at all. I end up hurting Jim really bad.
2: Heal him! Heal him! I understand where you're coming from. I get that way sometimes whenever I mistake my water bowl for a big old cup of jumbo soda. Uh, so. Come on up to the stage, and I'm going to cast them demons on out of ya.
0: What can the Great Worm Spirit do for me, though?
2: The Great Worm Spirit can do anything and everything. Groovy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, if you think so.
2: Cats numbers three, four, and five. Please bring that little puppy dog up to the stage for me. All right, and now I'm going to lay my little fin... On your forehead. Oh, oh, sorry, can't control it. Moves a lot.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's getting in my face, Jim.
1: Don't worry, little puppy. Nothing bad can happen to us while I'm the hero.
2: Yes, nothing bad has ever happened whenever I've come into the picture, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Now, I anoint you with holy water, which I'm actually floating in right now. (laughs) And uh, I cast these spirits out of you, Peter the Little Puppy Dog. What? Holy
0: water? Holy water? I'm allergic to- Hold <laughs> it Jim! The
3: soil he did crawl. A, a super, super ball. Jim was just a sister, dirty, eating chewy link of worm flesh. But all that came to a crash again. <laughs> a he's such a groovy guy. A he rocked up through the sky. Cruising through the universe, having lots of fun. Here comes Earthworm Jim, you know that he's a mighty one. A
2: Spiders great big muscles and his really big way guns Jim is still an earthworm, but then he's the only one with a super suit to make him
1: really super strong You can be a winner if we only sing along <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> I, just turned yeah,
2: into the, I just turned into the creepy guy from Family Guy at the end there <laughs> Oh, no. Which, which, which creepy guy? <laughs> can you be more specific? Oh, um I think I was a hybrid of the uh the gay guy in town and um oh the the Peter Griffin. The old man. Uh oh in the sh- oh the uh I'm gonna get this point out eventually. Uh if you remember they did a segment, Jaws on Fire Island, where Jaws was gay and uh he was <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> he, he... That must have been a recent one. The <laughs> Jaws. Was... V. Jaws, yes. He was under the water and he was Hey, I see y'all swimming up there. Oops, just saw right up your shorts, you know, kinda
1: Oh yeah, that's oh, right. geez, that yeah. Kinda...
2: That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's my Family Guy knowledge. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> your subtotal? total <laughs> subtotal, sub yes. Oh boy, I, man, I man, I wish I, I wish Family Guy I didn't do what it did. <laughs> I agree. Yes, uh, I And just it feels like they do only have the one flamboyant guy
2: voice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's 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 the Cleveland guy doing, a slightly more feminine tone, I think.
0: Yeah, and then, and then put a lisp in there for greased-up deaf guy. Oh, that's you're, right, yep.
1: You're, you're not there for subtlety.
0: <laughs> no. Hey, Zane, what no one else isn't there for subtlety? <laughs>
1: Earthworm Jim.
0: He's such a groovy guy. Um, <laughs> He's such yeah. a groovy guy, oh my He's god. such a groovy guy, Tim. <laughs> Kimberly. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's get started. Yes. All right, welcome everybody. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And we have a guest. Do it. Hello. Introduce yourself. All right. Hello, I am Gary from the Saturday Morning Rewind podcast. Yes, and uh, you're listening to the Cast, where we review old cartoons and see what
1: we think of them as adults. The Cast. And... Get off my back, man. <laughs> Wait, what? That was one of his catchphrases. He had so many. Eat dirt, Cartogram.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got a real wrestling. cowboy vibe from him at, at times.
1: that's but all yeah. folks.
0: But yes, we are watching Earthworm Jim, and we are joined by Gary. Uh, do Do we want? Do you say your last name on your podcast? I don't really know. Or...
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. Go for it.
0: All right, and we are joined by Gary Lane from the Saturday Morning Rewind podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you for joining us. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your work on uh, the aforementioned podcast, and then we can get into it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So Saturday Morning Rewind is a podcast where. Uh, we have four episodes a month now. It went from being one episode a month to four really fast uh, earlier this year. Uh, we were no actually, way. we were doing one episode for about three years, and then I jumped in uh, about two years ago, started doing a second episode a month, and then just this January, we, started, we jumped it up to four. So uh, if we keep duplicating, we'll have, I don't know, a <laughs> podcast every day, every minute, every hour. I don't know. <laughs> A podcast for every day and a chicken in every pot. Exactly. And I'm aware that minutes are not longer than hours. Um, I just said that (laughs) back Blasphemy. (laughs) Uh, So basically in uh, the first episode of every month, Tim, uh, my co-host, interviews a celebrity or a podcast, I mean a celebrity or a voice actor. And then in the second episode of the month, he and I talk cartoons and things that we love much like what you guys do actually Mm -hmm. Uh, just a little less defined than you guys do it i think um
0: yeah we we're really we surgically like dive down into the center of these things yeah
1: um what i like about your your podcast is just you know all the interviews just the fact that you're able to get these you know people that we speak about with such reverence these voice actors who are really really talented and you're able to just have them on
0: so you like the episodes that I'm not featured on? No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's... <laughs> I listened to a few of them that you were on, um, but I do see the list of previous guests on like the left side of the of the podcast screen, and I'm like, Charlie Adler, come on! It's pretty. <laughs> you insane. You have to talk to Ickes. This is ridiculous. ridiculous. It's it's pretty insane. Tim has managed to pull some really great
2: guests onto the program. Uh, yeah, like I'm probably
0: gonna bother him incessantly over the next couple of months. <laughs>
2: like his his first geth, or his first interview for the show was Michael Bell I think um, and that's no kidding yeah and then like Jim Cummings and just
0: a ridiculous oh, amount of people Jim so Cummings. early on yeah. yeah Rob Paulson come on yeah
1: get out of here um but but the other thing that uh, literally I, leaves <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I find really interesting is um the different approach that you guys take because you guys I think are, are probably a little older than us and you are reveling in the nostalgia of these of these cartoons uh mm-hmm. whereas we really try to divorce ourselves as much as possible from that so I, I i don't think we're treading on each other's toes at all
2: no not at all and and it's funny you mention rob paulson like rob uh i've never been on an episode with him necessarily but i know him personally um for just a number of from a number what? of different encounters rather <laughs> it, it, can you
0: can you cite these encounters <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: I actually took a, a workshopping class with him. Uh, no kidding. a Couple years ago, yeah. Um, it's not like you know. It's not like we call each other on the weekends and just say, "Hey, bud, what's going on?" But you know, <laughs> well, <it's>... why the <laughs> hell
0: not? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he was he was very difficult to uh, to get to come on our show because he has his own podcast right. where where he interviews people much like Tim does, and it's it's one of those things like he didn't want to step on our toes, and you know, I don't want to. St- you know, nobody wants to step on anybody's toes if they're nice, good people. So I right. think that what we have is sort of
0: a nice companion
2: piece between your show mm-hmm. and ours. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I really like that you guys kind of uh, do more reminiscing and like like Zane said, kind of like the personal affiliation that you had with these com- uh, cartoons of yesteryear. Right. Whereas we're very much trying to dissect them like literally and see <laughs> what makes them tick. Yeah, I, um, I think that's really tip? cool, too.
2: Ah. <laughs> Spoon Yes.
0: <laughs> oh geez. I think he's The one come part up a lot of this show that's better than the tick. <laughs> <laughs> Got better catchphrases. Agreed. Um But yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for your uh for your guys' podcast and I'm super thrilled that you were uh, willing to come on
1: our show. Yes. yes. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me on. I always love talking to new people uh, and May
1: may we absolutely ask why uh why Earthworm Jim? Why did you pick this one? <laughs>
2: uh I can't I can't really remember this show ever being on television. Whenever I was younger, um, it just—I don't know if I didn't watch CBS or whatever channel it came on. I think it was CBS or what. But I remember whenever I was—you were a weird
0: kid. You were watching C-SPAN,
2: <laughs> Matlock. <laughs> uh, well, the Matlock, guilty. But um... <laughs> <laughs> not so much the C-SPAN
0: part. I didn't have cable, but
1: um, well, they had that um... one crossover.
2: Oh, they did. They did. They.
0: Where oh. Matlock appeared on Earthworm Jim as one of the villains? No. I think so. That would be good. Wasn't that in the third season? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so this show just really... I loved the video game growing up. That's that's probably my first oh, real introduction to the character. And, yeah. um, and then whenever I was in CVS Pharmacy... One time, I just happened to see a VHS tape with two episodes of Earthworm Jim on it, and I bought that tape and I watched it over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And because mm-hmm. uh, that was the only option back then. So, how long ago was this, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I was a kid, probably. I was it was probably 90, uh, I'm going to guess 95, because it was or 96 whenever the tapes came out. Okay, so then you were absolutely the right age for it oh totally yeah (laughs) yeah because i'm a little bit younger than tim is i'm closer in age to you guys i think so um i was i was i I love
0: how we're skirting around discussing our actual ages oh well (laughs)
2: this this
0: is the second
1: comparison we've made there are no numbers on the table i'll never tell uh i'm 29 forever (laughs) 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 who is that don't worry about what that was. <laughs> well,
0: okay. So uh, then in that case, uh, if you had been you know, of prime Earthworm Jim viewing age right. back when you first saw it, mm-hmm. uh, did you happen to go back and re-watch some of the episodes now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I, well, I, I will say I was nine years old, so you can do the
2: math. Math? Um, <laughs> I am still nine years old. and uh, Great. <laughs> I... <laughs> so so this this series
3: Forever, yeah.
2: this series was uh released on DVD like two or three years ago, and I completely wigged out when I found out that it was happening. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure my wife thought I was having a seizure or something because I was just like it's happening and uh, <laughs> so I bought it on Amazon and then they canceled it and right. and then uh like about after about a year of just leaving my order pending. It wasn't cancelled, but they just said it's not going to happen now. Uh, after about a year of waiting, they finally put it out, and that was just one of the greatest days of my adult life. <laughs> and, and does it hold up? It does, I think. Okay. It's, it's, nice. I've I've watched... I did... I'm not going to say how, uh, but I definitely sailed the seas and uh, pirated some of mm-hmm. the episodes that I, you know, couldn't get access to otherwise. And, um back before this DVD was released properly. And I was watching the show, and I was like, there's something really kind of different and brilliant about this that I can't fully <laughs> believe that I got as a kid. Yeah. Um, and But I, eventually, over time, this is the longest introduction ever i'm sorry eventually over time i collected all four of the vhs tapes that were released so i had eight episodes
0: before i had to go into uh pirate territory Mm -hmm. it's fine for you to do intros like our audience is familiar with my ramblings by now i'm sure (laughs) changing up the frequency of that a little bit is refreshing (laughs) right on Uh, well i can ramble with the best of them so uh, I, I suppose you can. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, I didn't find the show as charming as I think that you have and do. Interesting. But I didn't come to it until later in life. And this is something that we constantly see, that nostalgia plays a large part in the way some of these shows um, articulate to mm-hmm. uh, the, the, uh, the adults that remember them. Sure. And I was familiar with the Earthworm Jim video game, so that was mm-hmm. my impression of Earthworm Jim. And to be honest... I think that you lose a lot in the adaptation from the video game to the show. Which, by the way, the video game came out in 1994, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. And then immediately the show came out based on the video game.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I'll get into the production a little bit here. Sure. Earthworm Jim ran from 1995 to 96 on Kids WB. Yes. Ah. Ah, my bad. Uh And the idea, actually, from the beginning, was a multimedia character. So they said uh, uh, Playmates Toys was looking to make a franchise, and they were like, we'll start with a video game, make it into a TV show, uh, put out some toys, make all the money. Um, It was based on an idea by Doug TenNapel. That's crazy. uh, And the show was produced by Universal, as well as Acom, FlexTech, and Shiny Entertainment, which made the video game.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, it looks uh, very similar to a lot of other kids' WB stuff in that era. Like, I I remember looking at it and being like, oh, everybody is built like (laughs) Pinky. Like, there's a (laughs) bunch of Pinkies running around with crazy joints and, like, crazy gesticulating arm motions. But uh, also a lot of the fluid, like, model animations uh, reminded me of Animaniacs as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, there's a familiarity there. But then lumped on top of them, you have this complete postmodernism mess of a, of a character, in <laughs> yes. earthworm Jim.
1: Right. And uh, uh, I think I enjoyed the show maybe maybe more than Ben is uh, does. <laughs> did, um, <Am>. is um, <laughs> my issue is that um, in comparison with other other shows that did a similar thing, yes. it was so. I'm comparing this specifically to um, Freakazoid. Yep. Uh huh. And I, don't I was comparing it to the tick, and I found it came up lacking. Well, the reason why I bring up Freakazoid, I don't know if you knew this. Freakazoid premiered literally half an hour before Earthworm, G- Earthworm Jim did on the same network. Really? Oh man. Same day. <laughs> Freakazoid had the ten a.m. slot. Earthworm Jim had the ten thirty. <laughs> wow.
0: Mom, ignore the loud, rambunctious noises coming from my room. I'm just gonna like tune out of our reality for about an hour. <laughs>
1: Uh, but the tick came a couple years before this, so I, I think it was. I, I think the roots were there. Yeah, it's just when I'm comparing things to Freakazoid, it's hard to find anything that that raises to that standard.
0: Oh, well, I mean, it's not precisely so. The uh, the narrative structure the of the show, the kind of makeup of it, is like a superhero. Uh, like a superhero comic book, but set in space, Mm Yeah. right? Right. And there are a lot of shows that do a similar formula. I'm thinking specifically like uh, The Tick and Darkwing Duck Mm -hmm. are both kind of similar. Like, it's not precisely space, but it is weird technology is kind of the order of the day for those. Correct, yeah. And weird heroes subtly anthropomorphized and not actually possible, and... So I was trying to compare those two a lot, but that's unfortunately where the similarities break down because those shows have very different approaches to the subject matter mm-hmm. there's a they're a little bit more incisive in a way that I'll get to in a minute. This one is more of a celebration of uh of that idea um, specifically, I was also thinking of I don't know if you're familiar with Calvin and Hobbes uh spaceman spiff when he pretends no. to be a uh one of the one of his kind of alternate personas is he pretends to be this like spaceman uh adventurer kind of like as though he was like in a radio serial like hm, how will spaceman spiff get out of this one you know that kind of doing his that own narration thing. yeah exactly gotcha yeah um or, or like uh commander keen the the video game with the kid with the football helmet and the ray gun like <laughs> they just have similar flavors you know mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is we have this universe we have this space superhero thing now let's run around in it for a while
2: yeah, I I can totally see that. And I, I know full well that this show is not for everyone. Uh, I've got a story about that later, but it's... it's <laughs> uh, There's something about it that I think... You, kinda... you made the
1: mistake of showing it to someone who, who you respect, didn't you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm just married to her. Um... Yeah. <laughs> oh, <that> shots fired! <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll get to that in, in just a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. I don't know. This show was written by Doug Langdell, and yes. he's he's uh, always kind of impressed me with his writing, and and this was pretty early on in it. Um, although I'm looking at, he did work on uh, you say Darkwing Duck,
0: mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot see. of uh, voice vocal talent that also is. Uh, oh yeah, from that same <laughs> from that same kind of uh, collective. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know what I was doing because I was a big fan of Kids WB. So I don't know what happened in the year 1995 because I did not catch this show in its first run. <laughs> and truthfully, I didn't really catch Freakazoid in its first run. So I have the after effects of it rather than this one, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So in some yeah. ways, I like this show better, even though I can admit that Freakazoid is probably a better show. It's just kind of
0: a... Yeah, it's just where you find it in life, I guess. Well, I mean, and also part of it is my um, absurd... Like the the way I kind of rank shows in in relatability, like I need to have characters be very thematically appropriate. Like mm-hmm. I need, I've been doing the podcast for a while now, and if I can't dissect a show, it holds no court with me. So oh, something that is as on the page as Earthworm Jim mm-hmm. is uh is just a little bit hard for me to get. But I totally understand. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, and there right. is a lot of like nice subversive humor in there that like ranks pretty high.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: The yeah. <laughs> dialogue is a delight
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean it, it It is weird for the sake of being weird, and i I, yes. I, I honestly think maybe you'll enlighten me a little bit because I don't fully understand why I appreciate this show so much or really the point or purpose of it at all
0: um, yeah uh, so... I'm, I'm happy to see where our where our lines of thought meet yeah <laughs> for sure, yeah right. uh, Zane, do you want to give us a
1: or the, i guess uh a... no, the, the premise?
0: Yeah, actually, Gary, would you like to give us the premise? Um, yeah, I can. I can you, it. We let the guests do as much as the, or li, as little as they want. So,
2: <laughs> sure. You can always
0: just pass <laughs> if you'd like.
2: Sure. Um, basically, this show is about an earthworm who was being chased by a crow, and a spacesuit <laughs> fell from space and gave him superpowers. Oh man. <laughs> uh he meets a puppy at some point who has the ability to who's basically been cursed i forget by who maybe evil the cat no no it isn't i forget i know that somehow professor monkey for a head figures into all of these creatures creations for the most part um i think that jim yeah okay so space uh, professor monkey for a head's a uh, spacesuit fell out of his ship. It landed on Earthworm Jim, transforming him into that. So then Professor Monkey Forehead grabs that crow, I guess, and gives him a spacesuit. And at some point, a dog becomes possessed. There's a bunch of bug people. There's a just... talking goldfish. There's a cat
1: who's purely evil. And uh, that's. Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, uh... And the explanation really can't be more cohesive than that. I'm kind of speechless. Like, you you nailed it. So uh,
0: here's something Uh, that was more plot than I thought it had. Like, I I didn't think that.
1: Like,
0: I didn't think there was a reason
1: that the spacesuit was there.
0: Yeah, I I assumed that it fell from the heavens, possibly a gift from the Great Worm Spirit. Right. But I, I, uh, I was ready. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that all these characters were like ontologically connected in some way yeah i'm like, ready uh, to
1: accept that this is a universe where spaceship spacesuits just kind of fall
0: I, I didn't realize that the crow in the intro came back like i thought that was a distinct crow because i never saw anything relating these concepts so you describing them in, in this like building block kind of way is really alarming because <laughs> i i assume that everything in this show just independently developed from the ether
2: well uh you kind of touched on it earlier whenever describing that they wanted to build a toy line playmates did and right. if i'm being perfectly honest i think most of the detailed information i have for earthworm jim comes from the backing cards on those figures um and and i i don't think the video game gives any sort of a synopsis but the the backer cards on the figures do have a little write up about each character and, and how they came to be essentially and also, there's a comic book, a three series, a three issue series that I read and have
0: and love and cherish. You know, it, it's interesting. I uh, I actually kind of dislike that there is explanations oh. in the show. Um, yeah, it, like it, it, when I think about the video game, I'm just like, I'm an earthworm in a spacesuit shooting a ray gun. Whatever. Like, sure, let's let's go for it. Right. The idea that the space that the spacesuit came from somewhere <laughs> and that. There are reasons that he's superpowered, and that the crow chasing him is now superpowered. Like I don't like reasons in this show. (laughs) Well, like I I would rather they were just all like Professor with Monkey for a head gags, you know? Right. And and now that total nonsense, nothing makes sense.
2: Well, now that I'm thinking about it, and not to defend that point, it's just I don't think that Professor Monkey Head for a head was a villain in the first game. I don't think he came around until Earthworm Jim two. So now I'm starting to wonder if I've just like over the years created this fan fiction in my head. <laughs> that explains how these things came to be or if it was briefly touched on in an episode or what? But Yeah.
1: I, I, it's I'd perfectly f- consistent.
0: Yeah. W- well, I am nothing if not consistent, so. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it was like just lore that was not readily available, which is fine. It's, like th- I can't expect that something with the history of earthworm Jim doesn't have explanations. Like that's, that's an unreasonable standard to hold it to.
2: Right. Right. Well, Doug to has been notoriously uh, known for doing weird stuff. Um, Sure. He, he has done, he did a a series not too long ago called cardboard about a boy who builds a man out of plastic cardboard and he comes to life and, (laughs) and, uh, it's 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 really complicated but it's actually kind of good um the 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 thing about doug to Naples that you come to learn though is that he's actually uh pretty deep into uh religion which you wouldn't expect probably from these shows and the things that you read by him um Hmm. But he's kind of, and and not like in in the common way that people are into religion. But I think he's kind of a Uh, little bit of Scientology. No, no, no. It's Christianity. But I think (laughs) I think he's a little bit of ready to
1: rush to Scientology's defense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I I was really, I was really hoping that you were going to go with uh, worshiping the Great Worm Spirit. (laughs) I've got like this whole like religion built up in my head for the Great Worm Spirit.
2: Uh, well, you know, (laughs) if I can write. Fan fiction in my head. You can cre- you can create your own religion. It is uh, twenty seventeen. What a great yeah. country!
1: <laughs> Easy and fun.
0: Yep. <laughs> I <laughs> so uh, I I know that we're kind of breaking the conversation that we were having, but I don't remember what it was, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I the the plot structure of this reminds me in some ways of. Uh, a couple other things where like somebody who kind of has no business in the plot is suddenly given a lot of power and the people who actually belong in the plot are trying to get it back. Hmm. Um, So, and this is a, this is a good way to kickstart a plot to give power somewhere it doesn't belong. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so like the entire premise of Lord of the Rings does this, right? Bilbo has the ring and pretty much that kickstarts everything. And uh, for a weirder, yet more cartoon example, we had Megas XLR, where right. uh, Coop, uh, this just kind of slacker nerd who happens to be into mechanics, gets a robot from the future, and now he has to fight a bunch of a, a, an alien invasion whom are trying to get it back.
1: That's a, that's surprisingly analogous.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much the same, except that Coop is like competent in this really weird roundabout way. Sure. And Earthworm Jim is violent that masquerades as competence. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But it is it is a good, compelling plot line.
1: Yeah, and, and Earthworm Jim, as a character, you know, feels not... I wouldn't say like an underdog. He, he gets into danger by virtue of his... Like, it's his own fault a lot of the time. He sticks his head in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that works because, you know, he got... Randomly, he's getting into trouble. Randomly, he's just sort of reacting to this universe that's gonna play with him.
2: He's very reactive, right? Well, to to reference our incredible intro, there, uh, he's a (laughs) he's a fish out of water. So, yeah.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so many. We're we're all thinking we're all thinking about the Bob the Goldfish, aren't we?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's kind of my favorite thing about the show.
0: (laughs) He's pretty great. I I do like Professor Monkey for a head or his uh, sidekick. Life partner? Uh, monkey professor for a head.
1: <laughs> yeah, Ben, you must have loved this. All the characters are their own name. Yeah, that was pretty great.
0: <laughs> I, d- I don't mind that. I have a history of liking characters that are just their functions. Their names <laughs> are their functions. So, like, uh, He-Man had a—one he- of He-Man's friends was named Man-at-Arms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that.
2: Right. Right. Yeah or you know like it can't get much more descriptive than queen pulsating bloated festering sweaty pus-filled malformed <laughs> slug for a butt.
0: Oh, you wrote it down. <laughs> That's what the <this>
2: show is. <laughs> yep. It's very yeah, it's very literal
0: in yeah. in its approach. It's yeah, it's a lovely exercise in postmodernism. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> and and this is one of the reasons why it's weird if If that indeed this is the case where there's this wider plot that connects all these people because, you know, it doesn't feel like it needs to be hinged to any sort of realism, right? Nobody would name people these things.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, like, I guess I'm okay with the plot line being, okay, Jim got this spacesuit. A monkey for a Head made the crow a spacesuit, and now he's his own villain, just as long as the reason for Professor Monkey for a Head isn't explained. Like, <laughs> right. as long as it's just turtles all the way down. <laughs> like, just complete nonsense all the way back. Yeah. Then, then I'm okay with it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, honestly, there is no explanation for the other characters. Like, the villains, I think they just exist simply because they're from different planets.
0: Finger, fingers crossed. Fingers I mean, crossed. Yeah, and that's, that's something that really easily comes in when you have... A setting that allows for different worlds. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just get to say whatever you want and it just works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's look at Earthworm Jim, um, mm-hmm. sort of at length, because he is the star of the show even if he's not you know, even if he's not really driving plot events in the same way that other protagonists might. Right. Yeah, uh, so he's voiced by Dan Castellaneta,
0: who, whom is uh, Homer Simpson, as well as the animated version of Doc Brown.
3: Oh, from, wow, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, from uh, Back to the Future, the animated series, which was terrible, and he did not belong in that show. Um, but uh, whenever we, you know, reference voice actors we've heard before, we like to try to give us some grounding. Um, and he was also Grandpa Steely Phil from Hey Arnold. Oh, that's, right. Goes, that's right, that's which, right. Which I really loved. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, what, what do you think about him
2: Earthworm Jim a, as a character uh, yeah. he's uh, I like that he's nothing more than just kind of an earthworm. He's not smart he, he stumbles his way through everything he does uh, but he does have that the passion to
0: be a hero I guess <laughs> that, that reminded me a lot of like uh, the tick
2: yes um, mm-hmm.
0: in that he has passion for herodom but the morals don't quite line up. Like he, he can, he almost, it's almost like he considers it performance art, right? Like he, he knows what a hero is supposed to look like, but that's as much as he thinks it out.
1: Um, what I, what I like about Earthworm Jim and what sets him apart a little bit is he keeps wanting life to be more adventurous and more dramatic. Yeah. Like yeah. he's been raised up to, to become a man. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he's in those dangerous situations, he, uh, like, he doesn't know what to do. Like he's bitten off too much. Right. His instincts are literally fight
0: or flight. He mm-hmm. tries senseless violence and then tries senseless cowardice. <laughs> Those are his two verbs. That's true, yeah. Uh, I think there are a lot of characters like this, kind of like the idiot hero who's only a hero in name. Um, and, and it reminded me a little bit of, and I know this is kind of a stretch, but Zane, do you remember from Angry Beavers, Daggett's persona as muscular beaver? Muscular beaver whoosh, yeah. <laughs> muscular beaver whoosh, where he like purports this hero identity and it's only so important as he can announce his good deeds. <laughs> like, he doesn't have any personality beyond good guy. Good guy yeah. with bombastic catchphrases.
1: <laughs> and that that works in this universe. So, yeah. you know, g- credit where it's due. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah. I, I mean, but yet
2: he is. Okay. So I guess one of the biggest problems with Earthworm Jim is that sometimes he's competent. Sometimes he's not. And it's just mm-hmm. like the whole writing. I guess it's yeah, whatever it fits the, on the
0: story writer.
1: best. Yeah. Context specific. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that you can get away with that in something that is so loosely based on reality that like it doesn't like the characters don't need that much continuity for me to appreciate it. It is just a weird space romp. Right. Yeah. Fantasy space romp. But uh, I like that he's not quite he's not smart, but he's not quite as stupid as the villains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a good place to be. And he's strong, but he's not quite as strong as the near as the newest villain thing
2: right right that's true yeah uh and i guess while we're talking about jim we should probably mention his doppelganger his uh evil jim also voiced by dan
1: Castellaneta. Ooh, i I did not see this character
0: yeah he's he's not my favorite i saw him very briefly he was kind of yeah there wasn't much to it he's one of the few characters
2: that actually has a uh backstory in the cartoon and that's that uh i think jim was scanning pictures at a photocopy hut and evil slime dripped on the scanner (laughs) And it so created
1: great. evil gems. It's like it's a also, Gravity Falls plotline. It's exactly. also mundane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, we've done this before. What is like a really mundane? Th- this is like One Punch Man logic, <laughs> right? Where like oh, he he's... ate a lot of crab and turned into a crab monster. <laughs> I oh. think I feel like we've dealt with this before, Zane. Oh,
1: I'm sure. This kind of logic. Um. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, one thing that I really like about Earthworm Jim is that he regularly invokes the Great Worm Spirit. Yes. And that makes me think, so, do you think that Earthworm Jim was called Jim before the spacesuit, or is it like a Samurai Jack situation?
1: Hmm. I don't think you ever see any other Earthworms. No, you don't.
0: So, what I'm thinking is that he was named Jim before the spacesuit, because it's funnier that way. (laughs) And he, apparently, Earthworms also have a religion, Uh which is tactically in universe like i don't know if you guys ever saw the great worm spirit show up no but it's also voiced by uh i think also by jeff bennett yeah. who is just doing a christopher walken impression <laughs> it's, <laughs> classic. it's true i will return earthworm jim's life for his great sacrifice like just <laughs> yep
2: it's amazing. That was one of the episodes I had on the tape. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <Yeah. How laughs> I would have of my way childhood. to watch that. Uh, not not well. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was great. Uh, it if anything, it may have taught me who Christopher Walken was before I was old. No, I knew who he was.
0: Yeah, it, d- <laughs> it didn't really
2: change my life one way or the other.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: every new experience with Christopher Walken should be treasured. <laughs> um, and uh, part part of Jim's like sense. You know, maybe he is like a holy warrior. Um hmm. or maybe he is just playing around, but whatever the reason he has these need this need to spout a bunch of different catchphrases. Yes.
0: Yeah, very much the tick. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So he's got groovy, um eat dirt.
0: Yeah, not not great. I like groovy. Groovy's kinda okay. This was I kinda don't... like in the height of uh you know, like uh, Tony Hawk fever, I guess. I like Kind of nineties jive.
1: I liked Groovy and Evil Dead. I don't think it works as very well here.
2: Well, I think Evil... I'm sorry. Yeah, Evil Dead came from the video game. No, Groovy came from the video game. Because every time you beat a level, it would be a really pixelated uh, thing of Jim going, Groovy!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He's so into it. (laughs) I like how he he pronounces it like uh, Jim Carrey from uh, that one movie where he plays God, Bruce Almighty. Oh, yeah. And he's like B E A U TIFUL, and that's, that's how Jim pronounces Garouvi.
2: Well, it's yeah. funny because it does remind me a lot of Jim Carrey as like Ace Ventura or something. It does. He's, yes. he...
1: <laughs> Live action remake of Earth World Oh Jim my god, Jim Carrey. It does. It, <laughs> it is is just Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> All right, we 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 got it. We figured the show out. That's it. Yep. Case closed. Cut, <laughs> how Brent. do we not know? I, 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 uh, we we've already talked about case closed. <laughs>
2: I was actually
1: going to close a book, but
0: I'm uneducated, so I don't have any in the room with me. (laughs) We can make the uh, case-closing noise from Harvey Birdman, attorney at law there, if you'd like. There you go. That works. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's a couple things that I really like about his model, as well. Like, this this character, I think, was so popular is because he's very visually appealing. Agreed. Mm. Like, that kind of almost ponytail back of his head is really nice. The big buggy eyes yep. the super muscular kind of supersuit, and i love the color scheme to that supersuit. and his rocket ship is so awesome because yes. it's just a deconstruction of a rocket ship it's literally an engine mm-hmm.
1: and that's it i always thought that he was like like turning his gun into a spaceship somehow because they look very similar yeah just cylinder scale <laughs> it up it blasts in a
0: direction like it's the same device do you guys know what it's as, called?
2: As far as as far as I know, he pulls it out of his backpack where snot stays like his back pocket. Oh, um, yeah. So based on that, can you guess what it's called? <laughs>
1: yeah. Same. Same. Did you know what this is called? No, I don't. <laughs> Gary, would you like to say it? I'm pretty sure it's called the Pocket Rocket. <laughs> which oh, it, that's good. Which it should
2: not
0: be called. <laughs> no, it should not. But the 90s um, were a different time. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed they were. <laughs> You you just you just said one of Zane's catchphrases. <laughs> oh really?
1: Yeah, I don't know why he does it. We've never talked about it before at length. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, the, the, his model is great. The fact that one eye is bigger than the other, oh kind yeah, of de- denotes the instability going on inside of him. Right. Yeah, and it's just kind of like this sloppy touch that that
0: really there's some media where you kind of want everything not to be crisp and clean. You know, like mm-hmm. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, mm-hmm. everyone has one eye bigger than the other. Like, this yeah. is probably a Looney Tunes staple as well. Like, it kind of looking sloppy, the one eye bigger than the other thing is, is good. It's good yeah. for that.
2: I feel like it is, yeah. So the cartoon, I, I really like the cartoon design because it's po- kind of polar opposites between the video game and the cartoon. In the cartoon, he's much less threatening. In the video game, like, all the characters are much darker and kind of more badass looking.
0: I think. Yeah, they they gave it the old Disney white brush.
2: Right, yeah. Yeah. They definitely polished it up, made it a little less scary for children. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, wow.
1: Yeah. He had the dark and gritty like pre boot. Mm-hmm. He went
0: to hell, if you if you'll remember in one of the uh, in one of the um uh, heck. Yeah, it was called Heck. <laughs> oh, was it called Heck even then? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The oh. level is called What the Heck, I think. Oh, um, that's awesome.
2: Which as a kid I just thought that was so freaking funny so yeah, I, edgy as an adult yeah exactly i was like man i,
3: I said heck uh,
2: but, uh, <laughs> did, did you do a
1: swear yeah <laughs> I, <laughs>
0: um yes wash out your mouth with soap and stuff mm-hmm. and do, I, do you know any parents who actually did that
2: yes i do really yeah my my stepmother was pretty quick to to wipe
1: out the to wipe out to to wash out the swears <laughs> Yeah.
0: Really, really grinding the ivory era. It, yeah. it was a
1: different time. Oh, geez, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I only, ever,
0: I only ever had my mouth washed out with soap
2: once because I was such a role model as a child. Um, mm, how was it? It was awful, man. It was awful. T- tell
1: us, tell us more.
0: <laughs>
2: ben, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, let, uh, let me tell you a better story because that one I don't sure. really have the details for. But back whenever I was a kid, I liked to play with my toys and like I wanted a water scene for whatever reason so i like filled the kitchen sink up with water and uh i was playing with my action figures and for whatever reason i was also eating a sandwich um (laughs) i like where this is going apparently the sandwich was sitting on the counter right next to the soap and i wasn't paying attention because i was having so much fun with my toys. so i grabbed the soap and take a huge bite out of it
0: (laughs) so in a sense i washed my own mouth out with soap Man, you were postmodern, like even <laughs> even way back when. No matter, no wonder you liked Earthworm Jim so much. I like to think I'm where everyone got the idea from to punish their children. I like the image of a of a who did you say your stepmother like walking in and seeing you washing your own just mouth out with soap and water, and just like a single tear and nodding, just so yep. proud.
2: I made Duke say a bad word.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on through the characters. Yeah, there's plenty more to get to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know we don't want we don't need to dissect all of them, right? um, But the other prominent roles.
1: It's it's a surprisingly like team oriented show. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's not just Jim.
0: It's a (laughs) wide cast, much like uh, Darkwing Duck, where it's just you have Darkwing Duck, you have the sidekick, and then the villains, Mm -hmm. and it's just a revolving door of weirdos. It's true.
2: (laughs) And oftentimes, like, Darkwing is the foil of his own plans, and it's often up to Goslin or Launchpad to to pull his fat out of the fire. So it is
1: very
0: spiritually connected, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. The Launchpad of this show is uh, Peter Puppy. Right. Sure. Voiced (laughs) by Uh, Jeff Bennett.
0: Yes, who is Johnny Bravo, which we gotta do at some point, Zane. Uh, Also, Dexter's dad, Clay, from Shaolin Showdown, and from Cowboys of Mumesa, <laughs> Colorado
1: Kid. That's right, that's right. It's lovely. Great. Great stuff.
0: And this is a good supporting character.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like delightfully naive.
0: Yeah, and hero worships the main guy.
2: Yeah. It's my, everything you need. My wife always thought that it was actually Rob Paulson. I'm like, it's not Rob Paulson. She said, well, then Rob Paulson should, shoot, should sue Jeff
3: Bennett.
1: It does
2: impression. kind of feel like a... Or it's like a Carl Weezer, or like a like yeah. a PJ oh, kind yeah. of sound, you know, but a nice. little a little more energetic.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, that is how it sounds. Yeah, a very very golly gee whiz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, is... or like a uh, uh, Mr. Bone, like uh, Principal oh, Donuts. No, mi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> from uh, from Doug. Yeah, hulk hulking out is against
1: the rules. <laughs> golly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he definitely serves as sort of like a, uh, and this is I say this intentionally. He's like uh, Burt Ward to like Batman. Uh, he's uh-huh. he's definitely like the '66 version of Robin, in my opinion, with the gee golly goshes and the oh I don't know about this Jim,
0: you know that that kind yeah, of yeah yeah hesitance. God, you should have done the voice in, <laughs> in our intro. I should have just stayed out of it.
1: <laughs> uh, but that but that innocence is subverted by the fact that he can turn into a monster. Right. Uh, yeah. that could work for or against Jim's plan, depending on what the narrative needs.
0: Uh-huh. So uh, he, he is actually sort of a, uh, a mirroring or a projection of the kind of audience that the original Earthworm Jim video game had, mm. or even the show, um, because the character of Earthworm Jim is so colorful and cartoony on its face, but is hiding like this intense need for violence <laughs> underneath the surface. <laughs> so it's kind of like you get both sides of that in this one character. That's true, yeah. I like that. And he also plays, like, a really good um, narrative role, which is that Earthworm Jim cannot be competent. He's not allowed to be competent all the time. Like, that's (laughs) not... That is unacceptable. Right. He can be sort of competent. He can kind of get out of a tricky situation only to get himself into a bigger one. Mm -hmm. Um, But having Peter Puppy there allows them to... Uh, get, uh, he's like that spanner in the works, the fly in the ointment that just lets you get out of a situation by luck, not skill. Right. This is something that also happened in invader Zim, which is, uh, you know, we had two kind of, uh, we had Zim who sometimes
1: won, but it couldn't be because he was smart. (laughs) Right. Um, so, uh, Peter Puppy is usually that nice, innocent guy. Uh, sometimes he seems to realize how much of a goofus Jim is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he can be sarcastic if like he's been wronged mm-hmm. right like right. he he very he very much like needs to be a part of the adventure or else he will get uh he'll get a little irked yeah yeah
0: he's the the arthur to the tick that's true you know, he's he's the slightly self aware one with some competence and common sense he's the uh atomic lad to loot to nuclear man mm-hmm. <laughs> for a reference that I'm sure only Zayn gets but yeah, I'm that's lost. Just, I'm just That's just going to have to be a uh it's a I don't know if you ever were big into web comics, but Brian Clevenger, uh he made a uh, Apebit Theater and then uh later went on to make his own book, which oh. is which kind of superhero to- rompish.
1: It it's toned very similarly to this. Okay.
0: Well, part of the time for, up until maybe the... the last third.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cuz um, the the tone
0: of this is never that serious. Yeah. But
1: but I think what Ben is hitting on in all these comparisons is like this show is not not really breaking ground in the same way that those earlier ones did, like like even The Tick did. It's true. Um, it just does it more.
0: Yeah. L- like I said, it's not a deconstruction so much as a celebration.
2: Right, it's sort of an amalgamation of everything that has existed and has been good. Uh, so when you have that many good things going for you, it's kind of easy to write, write to it, I think. Um, and I, th- I feel like this was kind of close to the end of that kind of... I mean, you guys might be able to correct me because you've definitely watched more, uh, probably cartoons after this one than I have. But um, perhaps I got out of cartoons for a, a while around '98, so this okay. was this was kind of like one of the last ones that I really remember enjoying when I was younger. Um, you, uh,
0: yeah, you you dodged some real some real uh, doldrums there for, <laughs> for quite a while. Although I would recommend Avatar: Last Airbender. That's what everybody says. Uh, <laughs>
2: I've never met one person who says, hey, you know what show you shouldn't watch? Avatar.
0: (laughs) That is a weird conversation opener. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to start walking up to people on the street and saying that. You know what you shouldn't eat? (laughs) Telling people what they should not do. Like you just got out of a particularly irritating situation and you need to tell somebody. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Um, I I don't know if... uh... I don't know if shows since then have not done things like this I know that in the Odies there wasn't uh, a a girth or a glut of um a, sheer- girth. <laughs> a girth yeah <laughs> of, uh, of cartoons that were like very silly toned right um, I like I know you had superhero shows out at the wazoo for like uh, Justice League and uh, Teen Titans and the like mm-hmm. but those were trying to be more serious um we didn't really have things of this ilk i'm I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure they came back in in the in the early, like, 2010s, but it, I can't it was remember tame. any.
1: It was tamer for a while. Y-
0: well, yeah, they, I mean, they were trying to kind of, everything kind of had that Christian Bale Batman quality to it, where it was just like, <laughs> we're trying to leave our goofy roots behind and we're kind of going too far.
2: Right, yeah. I feel like,
0: I feel like this kind of show would probably never exist nowadays. And I uh, mean, I guess Adventure Time kind of gets there. like Kind of. Not precisely, but, you know, they're on to something. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: taking risks again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Is what I mean.
0: And it, it does have far too many characters for one simple story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, let's uh, let's talk about the villains briefly, because I wanted to mention a few of them.
2: Okay. Well, just, just real quick. Also. Oh yeah,
0: please. One of my favorite
2: characters has always been uh, the character that lives in Earthworm Jim's backpack. The roundout of the good guys, kind of, and that's Snot, uh, who is. He was one of your favorites? He is one of my favorites because he's just huh. kind of—he's the most adorable booger I've ever seen, and, um,
3: <laughs> and you've seen some boogers. In I have day. seen High some boogers. There. Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but he—one um, of my favorite descriptions of him is—is uh, is on the back of one of those video game or action figure cards, and it says, uh, "Snot is Jim's sidekick that he picked himself." Ah, something along those lines so that's pretty good yeah he's he's a good little punny
0: side character i don't have the biological knowledge necessary to judge whether or not
1: earthworm people would be able to create boogers but (laughs) i do and it's they do emit a sort of mucus from their bodies But But that's
0: on the outside of their body. Uh, Okay.
1: (laughs) With all the biological liberties we're taking with this show, that's what you're going to get me on. (laughs) I am
2: am reading the Wikipedia description of Snot right now, and he is a green blob of mucus-like substance with eyes and a mouth. So, he is, in fact, mucus and not Snot. Um, Okay. But, you know, I mean, you can't edit Wikipedia, (laughs) so that has to be fact,
0: right? That's true. So... Who who would edit that? On to the villains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like to imagine that Snot is the long lost adoptive child of Kang and Kodos.
1: Aww. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, good. yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, um, so I don't know if you guys had favorite villains. I certainly liked Professor Monkey for a head a whole lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't not just because he him. was. He, well, he was voiced by Charlie Adler, who was Buster Bunny and Ickis. Um, we also have Psycrow, <laughs> which, uh, man, I, you know, as, I, as I'm going down this villain list, I really like all their inflections. They have very purposeful speech patterns, mm-hmm.
1: you yeah. know? Jer- Jersey. Hello, I'm Psycrow, scourge
0: of the spaceways. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about a very serious problem, the illness known... A superheroism. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, there's Evil the Cat. Yep. And uh, let's see, who else? Uh, like Queen Slug for a butt, as you yep. had said. Right. And Bob and Evil Jim, and I think that's pretty much it. Bob is Bob is great. Yeah. <laughs> you have a very you have a delightful impression of Bob. <laughs> oh well, thank you. Uh, oh well, Bob. thank you kindly. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's little Gideon.
1: He's, he's little Gideon. Uh, uh, he is little Gideon, or Bill yeah. Oh gee, uh, yeah, a little bit of buildotrieve,
2: but I love um, I love his design. Um, it, it's so basic, right? But it's it's really, and I think that the design for all the characters in this show are really great um, and memorable.
0: They're all dripping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the thing that I really like about Bob is that, um, like, he can vie with Jim for the super suit, mm-hmm. and that just makes him so much more of a personal threat. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, he was way more personal than Evil Jim. And like taking away the hero's powers, it's always such a good plot line to me.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Although uh, again, logic doesn't necessarily dictate what's going to happen in this show because I remember one episode where a whale somehow got stuck in Jim's supersuit. So, I uh, I went to, I so went to and watched that episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. It like just in the silly way that this show articulates through gag humor is yeah. that joke gets uh, Jim gets it back mm-hmm. by going to a university and studying to learn whale speech <laughs> and then asking for it back. Yeah. <laughs> Not every joke on this show lands, but when
2: they do,
1: yeah. man, they really <laughs> the, land. The, the solutions never obvious, and they go out right. of their way to set it up by like having the like redneck yokel. like right.
0: <laughs> Just like talk about the university yeah, I, ahead of time.
1: Yes, I saw this town show up a, a couple times. And I'm like, this is the best like backwoods like strawman argument I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah.
0: They always show up with, like, because you would understand a metropolis having everything that you'd need for a plot line. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you need, like, a hardware store? Go to the local metropolis that they always bring out. But no, if they ever need to go to a town for something, it's always the most (laughs) backwards town with those two hillbillies commenting on it. Yep.
2: (laughs) It's great. I know. One of my favorite episodes is where they have to,
0: uh,
2: where they have to go on a road trip together. Uh, and they they go by the uh, the world's biggest scab, obviously oh, referencing all of those weird roadside attractions. Yeah. And uh, Peter Puppy gets a little plush doll that you can pull a string on its back named Gabby the Scabby Doll. And uh, <laughs> you pull the string and it just goes, pick me, pick me,
3: over and over again.
1: <laughs> it's, this show does not let like fear of offending people for its grossness get in the way of its humor.
2: No, it does not. All the haggis jokes that were made um, a I lot mean, of haggis. A lot of haggis.
0: I, and that's you know that's cleaving pretty hard to the source material. It is. Like earthworm Jim was pretty pretty disgusting looking a game mm-hmm. if I if memory serves.
2: Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> but it also had the gloves on. Like uh, you know, kids WB they weren't exactly showing you know gun violence or anything like that. They pull the blinds before they you know punch somebody's time card. Right. So yeah. to speak. <laughs> uh, and you know they don't show all the grossness in such vivid detail as, like, uh, Ren and Stimpy, let's say. Right. And like, it, it's a very cute gross.
2: I think I'm actually glad that they sort of hold the punches on that because Ren and Stimpy just kind of never really appealed to me because it always freaked me out so much as Oh, a my kid. God,
0: me too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't Anybody think I've met anyone
0: who really likes it, but, like, someone must, right? Oh, I'm sure Dan Caves loves it. <laughs> he loves everything that horrifies us. <laughs> uh,
2: I, yeah... Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I know that a lot of people like the show, but no one's ever given me an absolute reason for why. Um,
0: yeah. And, and I mean, it was daring. It was. It was really daring.
2: But I feel like Rocco was sort of the better version of that. Yeah,
0: definitely. and even that wasn't really pulling its punches on its grossness, was it?
2: A little bit. You know, you'd see brains and stuff, which as a kid, I was like, oh, what? That's gross. You know. Um, yeah. But that's about it. Um, but,
0: but, yeah, if, if I'm seeing something grotesque, I want it treated grotesque, mm-hmm. not silly. So, like, I would like an Invader Zim kind of level of creepy grossness more than uh, Ren and Stimpy.
2: That's true, yep, yep.
0: And that's just a personal thing, but I, I am vindicated to hear that you didn't really like Ren and Stimpy, because <laughs> I always feel like the, the odd board. man
2: out. I watched it, but I think I was just sort of, like, sitting there repulsed, like, should I be watching yeah.
0: this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, get on to... <laughs> get this- Get two stupid dogs in there instead. Oh, I love that show. That's th- there's a cartoon you can take home to mom.
1: <laughs> and I did. Uh, get the soap again. <laughs>
0: yeah. That, we're we're that's all great. about catchphrases today. Zane. I don't know what it is.
1: Um, quickly finishing out the characters. Yeah. I do want to mention princess. What's her name? <laughs> right. <laughs> great. Um, I, I like her a lot. She's like this, uh, badass ninja, uh, um, like warrior princess. Mm-hmm. Um, She's actually the sister of the evil queen in this neat Twilight Zone. Like the normal-looking one is disfigured according to their, um, yeah, their metrics. Yeah, it's great. Um, and she, you know, she's the serious, competent one who will save Jim if if his own antics don't.
2: Right, that's right, true. She in, is in the, the video... only capable one.
0: In the video mm-hmm. game, they had damsel in distress. I think was her name. Like oh, the yeah. vague. The vague, like generic princess that you're supposed to save, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that they went out of their way to subvert that as well, and have she's the damsel still in
1: distress called Princess. What's her name? Yep, <laughs> and We're she's so still close.
0: in situations where she should be saved, but she's just not that character. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind cool. of interesting that they went with the uh, strong female character card so early, because uh, a lot of shows didn't do that until, you know, it became more of an issue in the forefront.
0: I think that was more due to, you know, just trying to be subversive than Probably. trying to be, you know, feminist. But that's, that's I'll fair, take yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah, it yeah. where I can get it.
2: <laughs> uh, I just want to mention. I don't know if you guys saw any of these, but there is sort of like a Justice League for this show. Uh, yeah, other I saw one episode of that. Yeah. Yeah. With a uh, hamster nader. Hamster nader, and my favorite character, lower back pain man.
0: <laughs> oh man, that first episode where Jim tries out a bunch of dopey sidekicks. <laughs> yes.
2: Eyelid—the guy with the eyelids that looks like Peter Lorre—and uh, yeah, he has so many characters.
0: Did you uh, have you seen Venture Brothers at all? I have not. High recommendation for that, and that is a setting where um, all of the superhero stuff is still happening, but it is strictly codified and legislative, and only certain things are allowed. And there's no actual purpose behind it. Like nobody's trying to world dominate; they just go arching. <laughs> <laughs> like, arch-villaining.
3: Huh.
0: And uh, there's kind of, like, this revolving door of stupid villains slash superheroes. Nice. Um, and it reminds me a lot of that.
2: Okay. Is that ongoing, or is it...
0: Uh, it's through six seasons. The first four are really good. I think I mentioned it before. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, we, we just had Andrew Spawn on, and he... Uh, we, we were talking about that a little bit because of uh, how much it borrowed from Johnny Quest. It's basically, what if Johnny Quest grew up... And accumulated like it was his uh, gritty reboot. Yeah, the gritty reboot of uh, of a uh, Johnny Johnny Quest grows up and fails to achieve his father's potential. <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty great. Yeah, I, I saw Andrew uh, was on Nick's podcast as well this past week. I was like, man, there's a whole lot of Andrew Spawn on the internet right now.
1: I know. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're, we're we're collecting a consortium. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And I, I, he just released the episode with me on it, uh, of his show. Yeah, so I, I like,
0: listened to that. That was yeah. neat. <laughs> I, I love that we're all kind of, like, just... I, I Like you said, Zane Consortium, that's great. That's that's better
2: than Potter and Family, because that's what oh, everybody damn. says, and I don't fully understand it, because I don't do research
1: on things. Um, it is kind of queasy that we're all white males, but oh well. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's just... I'm, I'm an earthworm. That's... Just, <laughs> that's
2: just my profile picture um (laughs) oh okay i am catfishing (laughs) everyone you're a large
0: black woman obviously absolutely
2: yes
0: (laughs) i knew that i really got to read these briefings that people send me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, shall we move on i think that's all the characters yeah yeah um and so let's let's pick apart exactly what the show is about um So uh, it's very much a gag series. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, they know where they're aiming.
0: It's roughly tied together with goofy space antics and anthropomorphic weirdos. Mm -hmm. And the the more obtuse the gag is, the better the joke. Like, the farther they can go out of their way from how you think it's supposed to go, like the whale like learning marine language in order to get the suit back from a whale, like the farther you can go out of your way the further you can go from superhero nonsense in order to resolve your plot the better the joke is in my opinion
2: yeah i agree I, that's probably been my favorite thing about it is that it just
1: doesn't go for the obvious punch most of the time mm-hmm. oh man there was there was this great interaction um cuz i was watching this uh, in bed and waiting for my my wife to get ready uh and she like you guys with these wives my... <laughs> she I'm was looking joking. over my shoulder And it was uh, a scene where Jim is taking out uh, Bob's three cat henchmen <laughs> Oh yeah And the first two he tricks in creative ways Yeah And he's about to hit the third guy with a cannon And my wife says <laughs> "What? He's just gonna blast him And then Earthworm Jim says Nah it's too easy <laughs> <laughs> And then later he says marital arts, and, and she says, "What well, does, does he mean? He means martial arts, right?" And then Earthworm Jim says, "You know, I mean martial arts, right?" And I'm just like, every objection you have is immediately subverted. <laughs> I think when that second one hit, she physically fell on the floor, like as though <laughs> she she'd absolutely been punched. Did. <laughs> Although she specified that every objection that she voiced aloud was subverted, I'm sure she had many more to this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, just constantly sending up every expectation.
0: Yeah, and th- that's where the power of the humor comes from—is setting up our expectations, and then you know, like Wiley e. Coyote cutting through the tree branch, and then the tree falls. You know, just classic yeah. kind of setting up a joke and then making the other joke.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they make you think what they want you to.
0: Mm, so good wh- sentence.
2: Th- while we're uh, while we're swapping wife stories here. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love that show. <laughs> Um, Weird spinoff title. <laughs> uh, so whenever I got the DVD, I started watching this show, and my wife was sitting on the couch with me, and she just sort of had this disgusted look on her face, like, uh, back to why the, the hell do again? you love this so much? <laughs> um, and I was just bouncing up and down pretty much on the couch watching it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, bless her, we got to, yeah, pretty much. We watched a couple of episodes, and she just did not get it. Um, But then one Saturday morning... But he's such
0: a groovy guy!
2: (laughs) Exactly! He rockets through the sky! (laughs) Uh, like the Weird Al song? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I guess a a couple summers ago, we got into this really cool kick where we were watching just our own, essentially, like, cartoon blocks on Saturday mornings. We'd watch, like, Tasmania and Animaniacs and and Earthworm Jim was always a show that I just threw in there um, Mm -hmm. after watching, you know, a couple other shows. And... She she fought it at first, but then by like the fourth or fifth week of doing this, I, I went to watch or, you know, play something else and she said, Aren't we gonna watch Earthworm Jim? And uh
3: Aww. that
2: was like that was like the real bonding moment. We were we were only engaged then, but I said to myself, Yeah, I'm definitely marrying this girl at that point. <laughs> you were
0: on the fence about it before then?
2: Well, I wouldn't say I was on the fence, but uh yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, I, I <laughs> You hadn't locked the door behind you. At the I risk of it. getting very serious, I have a real fear of commitment. So um <laughs> so I was I was, you know, I was very on the fence, but I was like, you know, the fact that she's willing to <laughs> sit you here and watch the final Earthworm gym with me. Uh the yeah. most ridiculous show that
0: I love, uh
2: you know, that's a good sign.
0: That's great. <laughs> I, I like the idea that if that hadn't come up that it would be in your prenup. <laughs>
1: I get, I get yeah, this is just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she can have the theoretical children, I just want the DVD.
0: <laughs> but she has to name them Professor Monkey for a head,
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: And Queen, sweaty, pulsating, butt filled blah blah blah. Child for <laughs> child at the
2: end,
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh.
2: <laughs> anyways
1: on yeah. well, thank you for your wife wife swap stories absolutely yeah so that that's that's a definite strength of the show um <laughs> yeah one weakness that i thought i saw um comparing it to like the tick is it doesn't really have a lot of world building true um there, there's yeah. not a lot to ground it to give you that expectation other than you know they can lead you to a joke and then subvert it but they need to lead you to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no world grounding you there. Yeah,
0: you can't tell what is going to happen next in the plot.
1: Yeah, there's it could the, be anything. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. You you just
0: kind of have to be along for the ride. That is very true. There there are no stakes with this show, and
2: that that's both a blessing and a curse. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that ground that that idea that you need something grounding you. Let's let's uh, let's say a couple of examples because uh, I couldn't figure out why I liked it less than contemporary space themed superhero shows as well. And so I was trying to compare it, um, like, what exactly sets it apart. So um, in Earthworm Jim, the superhero stuff is sort of the main focus. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very Dave the Barbarian. You're watching Dave, he's being a barbarian. You're watching Earthworm, he's being a gym. <laughs> right. Don't worry about how that <laughs> sentence worked out. It sounded great in my head. It
2: made perfect sense to me. Perfect. <laughs> Good I in your prenup. I co-sign on it.
1: Great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have. To... I'm gonna. I'm gonna foreclose on that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Congress
0: says they've just signed the joke into law, and uh... Uh, so uh, in contrast, where where Earthworm Jim the superhero stuff is the main focus in the Tick, the superhero antics were just a vehicle for jokes, mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. focus was the sidekick Arthur's identity. At least that's how I saw it. Right. In Darkwing Duck, all the hero stuff just reflects on the character of Darkwing Duck, and his identity is the focus. It's not his being a superhero that's the focus. Hmm. Um, so in in summary, like I think the other shows that I tend to like better exist in a superhero setting. In Earthworm Jim, the show is the superhero setting.
2: That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's every plot is easily interchangeable on this show because... They really, very rarely go anywhere new. Well, no, that's not true. Just cut that out. We'll leave it where you were, because I, I, I <laughs> forgot that. I forgot that they do travel a lot to different galaxies and stuff. But it, but it doesn't matter. It's it's the same
1: type of story. Yeah, talent right, yeah.
0: swap, name change. It
2: predominantly takes place in Turlock. Um or you <laughs> know, Heck or La Planeta de Agua. Or yeah i mean I it's, just, it's just a parking
0: it's just a parking lot with a green screen behind it basically so yeah i mean and they're all just kind of vehicles to tell jokes mm-hmm. which is which is fine it just doesn't leave me much to work with i guess mm-hmm. is kind of my main problem i get that yeah. um i've never and that's not a critique of the show it's just i couldn't get very far with it
2: yeah no that that totally makes sense to me um and you know to bring it to like a really modern show that i think is is sort of postmodern and weird in its, in its approach, like, let's talk regular show. Uh, because that <sighs> Only does... I've seen a couple episodes. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it just recently ended, so now you've got a chance to catch up without them releasing <laughs> new episodes. <All> um, right. <laughs> that's That's the most... Finally. Blunt statement
0: or whatever. Um, <laughs> I really wanted to watch Doctor Who, but it's still ongoing. I know. <laughs> All right, so, you know... fun You fact... can't jump
1: aboard a moving train, Ben. Fun...
2: <laughs> Even a slow-moving one like that. Fun fact with me is that I don't really watch shows unless they're completed now. Because if something, if I get really attached to something, and it ends without any sort of proper resolution, I, uh. I just I feel really defeated by that. So does that happen a lot? Um, yeah, the Napoleon Dynamite
0: animated <laughs> series oh no i had no idea zane swipe that last sentence from your memories there's no way i'm i'm covering that
1: all right audience next time on the car talk <laughs> oh god did i just do something
0: <laughs> you've ruined my life
1: <laughs> wash your mouth that with soap all right
0: i'm sorry you were saying napoleon uh, dynamite the series did that get canceled
2: yeah it got it only got like six episodes whereas <laughs> oh no
0: How surprising
2: up, like Stuff like Bob's Burgers that I don't get, like, gets season after season after season and nobody really even watches it. Um, Or Let's Talk Clerks, the animated series. Like, that's another one that was really good but only got six episodes. Um, That's true. So, you know, I just... I I try not to get invested until I know that I've got something Mm -hmm. to look forward to. (laughs) Sure. Um, At least Uh, a full season. Preferably a full series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, because, like, uh, I would recommend... For anybody who likes animation and uh, just fun spy humor and, you know, kind of, I guess, a different kind of postmodernism, I would recommend Archer to anyone. I certainly wouldn't recommend the later seasons, though.
2: Mm. Yeah. Uh, I I guess, for me, like, I tend to, if I'm not watching a show from the start, I'm probably not going to watch it, because I have a very, if I'm playing a video game, I have to get 100%, or whatever the highest percentage is, like, completionist attitude, yeah. So that's why I, I tend to not watch a lot of things unless I catch them from the first episode.
0: I, I can understand that, that I, I'm definitely that way in certain aspects. Like, yeah. um, any, any kind of SNES era, super, or, uh, excuse me, super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I was going to say superhero, but, uh, <laughs> any SNES era, uh, video game that I would play that had kind of like a collectionist con- completionist rating on it. I would probably try to like, kirby superstar or super mario rpg or whatever like i'd have to find all the secrets yep yep so i I get what you mean donkey kong country one through three were my big like downfall and then oh man because they they
2: trick you they're like no
0: no you got a hundred percent yeah you can't get more than 100 percent, (laughs) surely
2: and then crash bandicoot had to go and do the same thing so like all my favorite (laughs) franchises um (laughs) yeah so
0: Anyways, where were we? (laughs) (laughs) who the hell knows? (laughs) Uh, I I did have one kind of unifying theory to state about Earthworm Jim. Okay. um, Which is the nature of a compelling hero. Uh, So the show picks apart the hero narrative and apparatus at the seams. Um, By this, what I mean is that there are some works of media where the hero is kind of only a hero in name, like I've kind of talked about before, where they're a hero in name and in concept, but not in deed, like the Tick and Nuclear Man, Mm -hmm. Um, and Darkwing Duck, uh, you know, arguably. And more heroes, by virtue of having a passive superpower, and not really because they're trying to be superheroes, it doesn't seem very heroic to be placed in a situation where you have a lot of power and only react to danger. But that's all that earthworm jim does
1: i I, I don't know about that i see earthworm jim constantly looking for action trying to right wrongs it's just that he doesn't really know what that means
0: yeah right so like i mean he's he's energetic and destructive but that does not make for a good hero (laughs) necessarily
2: i think he's just sort of the inner child um like as a kid you know I, i would always go looking for something exciting to take to break away from the monotony and I feel like that's just kind of what he does uh, whenever the egg beater is stolen and he goes on like this galaxy quest to try to find this missing
0: egg beater it's, it's <laughs> he's he's kind of ridiculous um, oh that sounds like a setup to a shaggy dog story if I ever heard one
2: <laughs> yeah uh, I remember I, I think part of the, like one of the things that really stuck with me was there's an episode where the paperboy keeps missing his porch <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this episode. I, lo- or not.
0: I love these plots,
2: but but uh, like it's it's a total subplot to the actual story that's going on. But he gets really mad because the paper boy keeps getting it in the yard, and so towards the end of the episode, he like actually lifts the house off the ground and carries it over to him to catch the paper when the paper boy throws it. But he's giving yeah, this yeah. this whole narration of it was just me at the plate. I had one last hit, you know, like this <laughs> stupid yeah. 1980s baseball analogy kind of thing.
1: And, um, you know, it shows that he's truly a child in his own head. Yeah. And all all of his child fantasies are, like, intermingling with each other. <laughs> right. Um, I love the fact that, like, his solution is to move the house. It's a real, like, well, if if you're a hammer and everything's going to look like a nail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's Looney Tunes logic.
2: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: But, yeah, like, I mean, even that is, like... Like, I mean, that that's kind of like my favorite superhero thing, where it's like hero in mundane. Mm. You know, Um, I love that in the tick. I love it pretty much wherever I see it. Um, And I I don't know. It just it makes me question the nature of what makes a hero in this era, because it doesn't seem to be morals or ethics. Right. It seems completely tied to what they're capable of doing and how much they are in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Because he's just the target of villains because he has superpowers. Not because he's doing anything like proactively good, right. you know. Right. He's just he's just super powered guy who is enacting self defense, and everybody loves him for it. He's like a famous superhero. We never see him doing like community service or like anything like helpful, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah, have a Iron hotline Man to could the solve president. all the problems
1: just by donating to charity. Like you're missing the point. Ben. No,
0: I mean like he he doesn't have a hotline to the president of you know the galaxy or whatever. He's just hanging out and defending himself, and that makes him a superhero?
2: Well, I mean, let's just acknowledge that the 90s were a weird time. I
3: mean...
0: <laughs> we, well, okay, acknowledge.
2: Just, just in terms of video games, like, there was a game that came out around the same time as this one called Man,
3: A pick and flick oh, adventure. Oh, yes.
2: And it's literally just a dude running through snot forests in a superhero outfit, like, looking like Captain Underpants or something. It's Isn't he flicking boots? Say what? isn't he just flicking bugs pretty much yeah yeah I mean it I don't think that they put too much thought into what makes a hero they just said we've got this neat character design let's do something with it
0: sure yeah it's it's the uh the the, the superhero formula is following the design not mm-hmm. the other way around
2: right kids like gross stuff right okay let's do that yeah. um yeah I <sighs> That
0: makes sense. I don't feel like uh, you can. Really... I'm not arguing against it. Like I just, yeah. I'm trying to find its place in the hero story.
2: See, and I, I get that. I don't. I don't know that this show does have that place. I think part of yeah. the reason why I've always looked at this show so fondly is because I don't take it seriously. Um, and mm. I know that's the exact
0: opposite of what you guys do. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and, and like. like... Don't I, mistake us. We love stuff that we don't have to think about very hard because of how silly it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think. Like King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, get out of town. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you ever seen that? Yes. It is. Um,
2: crazy. It is something else. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I think that at the beginning, my wife was, like, whenever she was just kind of sitting there, like, what the hell does this mean? Why, why is this happening? Because she was trying to find meaning in it. Once you just. Yeah, you have to get used to it. Once you just let go and let God. Um, I've, yeah. I've never used that seriously before uh, when you just let go and enjoy the and let, moment let great worm spirit <laughs> exactly let go and let great worm spirit it all works <laughs> um, and, and to, to touch on it because you keep bringing up the tick which I think is as equally good as this show yeah. um,
0: and it's just I, my most relevant example no
2: no I think it's, a, I think it's kind of a perfect example because the shows are so similar um, mm. in worm spirit they uh <laughs> The thing is though, I think that Tick is better for Arthur and Tick. I think that they are stronger leads than yes. Jim and Peter. But I think that the Rogues Gallery of Jim is better than
1: Tick's. Yes. Yes. I yeah, love Yeah, I gallery would definitely
0: here. I would agree with that. With the possible so, exception of Batman Well.
1: Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what did what did you think of the interludes in the middle of episodes where they focus on the villains and see what they're up to when they're not villaining
3: <laughs> uh,
1: me personally i love
2: them and they actually did away with that segment in the second season which yeah kind of crushed me
0: Aww. Um, those were fun like little what do heroes what do villains do in their downtime
1: kind of yeah, segments they have much more dynamic personalities yes they do
2: and it's a nice way to give you a backstory of a character without outright just saying this is what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't find them uniformly good. Like right. they reminded me of the Garfield and Friends kind of quickie segments. Like, okay, we had a couple of minutes. Might as well do a thing. We've got all these characters. They're not all going to show up, but we had some jokes in them. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that approach to joke telling. Like, if there's a space for it, you might as well tell a joke, because nothing's off the table. Like, right. it's not going to break the immersion that you don't have. So, <laughs> <laughs> just gangs away.
2: Well, I don't um, know if. Uh... I don't know if just the thing about this show is repetition or what, because I remember like whenever I was a kid, I was like, why do they have this segment? It doesn't, it doesn't work. But as mm-hmm. an adult now, after watching it like 10 different times or more, it's like, <laughs> I love this. I love that they have a, uh, a fake advertisement for an evil school of villainy hosted by Psychro. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's stupid, <laughs>
0: but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice and zany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely agree. I and, uh you know, even though they don't all, tend to be they're not all flawless and they're not all regular show quality by which i mean the regular earthworm gym show quality. well the ones uh, the
2: ones that i've seen less i definitely don't like so i mean i think it does play to perhaps nostalgia or something and just Mm -hmm. the fact that it's such an unusual thing for a show like this to do
0: yeah it it felt very wb Mm -hmm. to me like that that whole kind of artifice presentation like kind of variety show sort of nature to uh, yeah. animaniacs or, um, you know, tiny tune adventures. Yeah, that's true. Like they, they all kind of do this and it's because they have so many fun characters to play with. So they might as well play with them
3: mm-hmm.
0: anyway. Uh, yeah. There was like a segment where uh professor monkey for a head goes to group like couples therapy with his own <laughs> forehead. Like, I mean, come on, that's <laughs> not going to, that's not going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's perfect. Yep. Uh, uh, let, let's uh, move on to animation.
1: Yeah. You, um, you had mentioned like Jim's suit looks really good. Yeah. Um, I like that the worm as a head thing, like I like how cohesive it looks cause it makes you forget that that's what he is. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun when they subvert it, like yeah. when he uses his head as a whip.
0: Yeah. Cause like the worm is entire, his body is entirely outside of the suit. What is controlling <laughs> the suit at the, in those moments? <laughs> it's true.
2: And there's even one episode where he man I, I just keep going on like the greatest hits of this show but mm-hmm. there's one episode where he peter and snot have to travel inside the suit because it keeps malfunctioning and it's like this long hallway of many many corridors that all three of them can fit side by side in uh <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous thing but um it's it's kind of fun just seeing him move around being a worm in that episode
0: yeah, I, I like it when he's forced <laughs> to be a worm. I remember that there was a brief segment in the video game where you basically just had to jump over laser blasts <laughs> until you could get your suit back. Yep. I like that. Uh, I like that they continue to do that in the show. That's a nice little adaptation touch. Mm-hmm. And and he is so like strong uniformly when he's in the suit, and so multi-talented that when he is out of the suit, it really puts him up against a wall. Um, like I remember he was like tied to a tied to a table or something without the suit and the guy is going to cook him so he kind of has to trick him he's going to be like are you sure you're not supposed to cook that missile over there <laughs> <laughs> right you know
2: well if, if you really want to let logic run 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 your mind on this show it's like why does he not turn back into a regular worm when he's out of the suit yeah i
0: i'm gonna go with like biotech
1: <laughs> let's go with nanomachines sometimes he can control the suit from a distance it's yeah it's fine that's right, Rocket Punch. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I like all the I like all the
1: <laughs> suit humor.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like all the suit humor quite a bit. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I like the way that the different characters like physically suit their personalities.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's it it feels a well, lot like Pinky and the Brain in that way. Hmm. You know, like the, the the high quality character modeling and everything reminds me of their gesticulating. Like, you know, Pinky's sort of lanky, and, like, his his movements are very unsure, and brains are really violent, and that's sort of carried throughout the characters here, is, like, Jim's kind of laid back and, you know, got a bit of a swagger to his, you know, I'm a hero, good guy mentality, and all the well, villains are, like, wringing their hands and, like, shouting.
1: Right. Well, even you look at Professor Monkey for, for a head... Yeah, he's, like, hunched um, over. Yeah. Well, yeah, because of the added weight, so it hunches him, like, his eyebrows are weighed down so he's always angry looking like wait do you mean the physical
0: weight of having a monkey for a head or the emotional weight of being overshadowed by the monkey for a head
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey Zayn I I found a clip for our personality
0: Zayn I found a clip for our third anniversary show
1: (laughs) this is so rough Uh, (laughs) 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 someone else talk (laughs)
2: sure uh I, I, I'll just say, I mean, I think that... I don't think there's really a poorly designed character in this show. There was a lot of attention to detail put into every hero and every villain, I think.
1: I,
0: I don't like Evil the Cat very much. You don't? No.
2: No.
1: Def, definitely on the bottom for me.
0: Yeah. He's
2: towards he's towards the bottom for me, too, and so is Queen Slug for a bud, actually. Uh, I really yeah. only like her because of her name.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a one-trick one pony there.
2: Yeah, but definitely with Bob and Psychro and... Which both of those are voiced by Jim Cummings. We didn't say that earlier. The same guy. Oh no,
0: we didn't. You're right. Yeah,
2: same guy who yeah, voices Darkwing good. Duck
0: and uh, and Scar for the second half of Be Prepared. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? I love <laughs> that piece of trivia. I put it in it every time we talk about Jim Cummings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, uh, and, and he actually voiced Scar in the sequel. I think.
0: Oh yeah, so we did. Ooh. Yeah. So that's right. There was somebody else who was on our on our voice cast list who did Zazu during uh, some of the sequels. <laughs> That was Jeff Bennett, he's, I think. No, no, no. That was Edward Hibbert from uh, he, He's Evil the Cat. Oh, really? I didn't know he, yeah. he did Zazu. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Jeff Bennett did The Narrator, The Great, spirit, the great Worm Spirit, <laughs> and Peter Puppy. Hmm. I guess Peter Puppy, I also wouldn't have minded a little bit more personalization to. I mean, I guess he's got the two modes, so that's enough. Yeah. Right, but but yeah, just the uniformly,
2: really all great, characters really great food. voice acting across the board. I think so, and I just miss Kath Susie. Like she's the voice yeah. of uh, Princess. What's her name? And yeah. she just kind of disappeared. I mean, I know she does things here and there, but I just don't hear her voice like I did in the '90s.
1: Yeah, I I don't always like her voice because no. a lot of the times it's pretty similar. But here, I think it really works when she's putting putting like an edge on it.
0: Mm-hmm. C- can you remind me of something else that she's done? Because I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, she, Phil and Lil, yeah. Phil, oh yes,
2: Phil and Lil, and and <laughs> Phil and Lil's mom, and and every everyone else who sounds like that. Yeah, exactly.
0: The mom is Needle like her respect. most common
2: voice that she does, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's a hard thing to do. You get that. Um, I don't know who who was that voice actress who did like, uh, um, Babs Bunny, and also like an eighty year old woman. Like, if you oh. you can do Trust McNeil, Trust, Trust McNeil, McNeil yeah. yeah. If you do like that broad a range of characters you can expect some of them not to sit right with everyone it's true (laughs) so you you know that it makes sense yeah but i like her here as well
1: um you had mentioned the dialogue earlier i wanted to say
0: one more thing about the animation because i was wondering what your i was wondering specifically what your take on it is gary okay um the cow gag
1: Hmm. yes Um, so yeah
0: in the game for those who don't know There is an early level where you hit down this lever that has a cow on the end of it, and the words appear, the cow has been launched. And there's no context for it, it makes no sense, you just continue with the game, and in spoilers, at the very end of the game, the princess that you rescue is crushed by the cow that falls on her.
2: Huh. Um, Yes. Like a, I, I'm sorry.
0: I was reading something else. I didn't, <laughs> oh no no, it's fine. I didn't mean
2: to go, huh? Because I'm pretty sure that Jeff Bennett also voiced Zazu. So we've got two voices of Zazu in this movie. Oh, that's bizarre. Because if you if you <laughs> know the uh the morning report song that was cut out of the movie, no, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Jeff Bennett singing that. I'm pretty sure.
0: All right. So I don't know how okay a story this is to tell, but the only time I tried pot brownies, we. Watched the Lion King And it was the version with the warning report And I was freaking out because I hated that song <laughs> I'm like I don't understand what I'm watching Right now I why un- isn't this my Lion King I understand that is It is a terrible song um, And they took away all the awesome like Animal puns to do it mm-hmm. The buzz with the bees Cheetahs never prosper come on man
2: Yeah Not a big not a big fan of that but uh, it's Two back- Zazis man <laughs> <laughs>
1: Two Zazu's too furious. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh, to your point of the launching the cow, yeah, I yeah, the cow gag that that gag was so dumb in the video game and kind of annoying to me, cause whenever I was younger. And, and there's a lot of things about this game that are just difficult. Uh, yeah, especially like the trash monster in the first level. It's like, how do you even kill that thing? I still don't know. I just eventually <laughs> do it. Um, yeah, it's it's not an easy game, and the launching the cow thing made no sense to me as a kid. I, right. l- I like that the animated series references that. I don't like that it's such a common reference.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on it because I think that the brick joke of that game is really... I think that's a very funny, well-told brick joke mm-hmm. and kind of fits in with the quirky humor of the cow has been launched. Just kind of in a vacuum, that statement is very funny to me. Right. Although that might be, you know, some mimetic nostalgia talking. <laughs> and then the adaptation of it where you know how and I'm referencing the watch out for fireballs guys uh, a little bit here where they talk about how a lot of people cite the answer is 42 like the hitchhiker's guide answer is 42 thing for everything mm-hmm. but they do it without context and that makes the joke stupid right whereas when it's in the book and it's brought up gradually and then punchline like that's a really funny joke but the people who are referencing it kind of don't get why it's funny and that's what this cow gag felt like to me is they're they're putting in the gag that worked well in the video game at least it did for me i don't Mm -hmm. i i assume you had a different experience um and but they're doing it without context so it's just kind of like a wink like eh, this is an adaptation of the video game
1: i like cows (laughs) uh no like that's that's one thing if it's taking the place of another joke, but I think it's like this show's equivalent of a high-five freeze frame at the end of, like, Power Rangers. That's Like, oh, at yeah. the end of the show, cow drops, that's how you know. Like, I didn't know there was that backstory so. behind it, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that, that that's true. When you put it into context of Power Rangers...
0: Uh, <laughs> all things are better. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not worse. Um, I saw that you guys <laughs> recently interviewed the uh, uh, Kimberly... Yeah. Like the Pink Ranger.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, Tim got to talk to her. Um,
0: so I'm, I'm silently jealous.
2: <laughs> you just said it. No, she was, silent.
0: She, <laughs>
2: she was. Uh, she got confused. Um, because of the name of the show, she thought the interview was on Saturday. So whenever that makes sense. Whenever he called her or her agent put them together or whatever, because a lot of times that's what happens. Like you reach out to their agent and.
1: Um,
0: and these agents yeah and then the agents
2: will, you like, guys live in a totally call.
0: different world
1: <laughs> see that's why we have a name that can't be misunderstood there you go <laughs> wait <what>? well <laughs> it can't be misunderstood in that it's not understood
2: right yeah definitely the first time that i read it i was like what does that mean but then once i heard the explanation i thought oh i get it
3: yeah eggs it uh, we're hoping
0: for some egg branding eventually <laughs> you, you want to get an egg um. sponsor that's right. Okay. All right. It could be excellent. Like ruby. <laughs> there you go. Um, let, let's, <laughs> let's move let's on. Let's start wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I did want to point out that the dialogue is definitely the strength of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that this is the best part of the show. I think so, too. Everyone kind of talks in that not quite knowing what they're about to say, kind of, uh, like, they're trying to be action heroes, but f- can't get the dismount Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, like, Jim will be like, all right, you feline fiends, you may have beaten me before, but this time you, uh, you won't. Right. <laughs> you know, like, that kind of... <laughs> yeah,
2: I love that. Um, I, one of my favorite, like, just line gags that doesn't require any sort of visual is, uh, Jim and Peter are summoned to the White House. Um, and, <laughs> sure. And they walk in and, uh... And uh, they see the president sitting there, and, and Peter goes, Peter, or, uh, or Jim goes, Peter, he doesn't look anything like the president. And Peter goes, That's just a thing that the producers do so that the show never feels dated, or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, That's a pretty obvious and a pretty good joke that
0: just yeah. kind of works. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't have gotten it unless somebody told it to me. So, like, bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: But yeah, I think the writing is really sharp all around. Yeah. Did, did you guys have any like examples of particularly good lines? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've talked the entire time,
2: but yes. No, it's uh, fine, dude. We had you. <laughs> I,
1: I assure you that Ben did. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: well, there's there's one episode where uh, um, they go into they 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 have to get a battery for Jim's suit. And they go to like this Greek planet, which has uh, they're trying to get the battery of the gods, cause that's the only battery that works in this suit.
1: <laughs> and they get a euro instead and go home. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh,
2: Although that would that would actually probably work in another plot line. But they uh, get up there, and there's one who is uh, Flavius God uh, Flint Fleming. <laughs>
3: <Ugh. laughs> oh man, it's,
2: it's J P S God of Puns who makes a lot of puns. There's a Pariscore God of Disco and Flega Flega yes. God of Nasal Discharge. <laughs>
3: awesome, <laughs> and
2: he's just constantly sitting there with snot dripping out of his nose, and his his musical instrument is oh. uh, a, a nose flute, and it sounds so gross. it sounds just like nails on a chalkboard, pretty much, um, or someone <laughs> playing the flute completely out of tune.
0: Oh, that's where snot came from. And. Uh, <laughs>
2: and um you know peter's sitting there covering his ears because it sounds so terrible and jim's just sitting there with a fa- smile on his face snapping his fingers he goes <laughs> he goes i like it and jim or peter goes that's because you don't have ears you know, <laughs> you know so that's that's always he yeah, just feels the
0: vibrations yeah <laughs> um, like ooh, how that, stimulating i just love that that gag i always have for some reason yeah, it's really good there's a uh, one that was a particular note to me was uh, a evil Jim is like, you'll never be rid of me. We are as inseparable as those end bread slices in a sandwich. <laughs> Jim is like, uh, what's the meat in that sandwich? And evil Jim says, the meat is your doom.
2: <laughs> That's a good way to just like, write the joke out.
0: Cause like all, all of the
1: separate parts of those seem correct. <laughs> 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 Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a great show. Just to kind of wrap it up, it's not a great show, but the fact that we can sit here for almost two hours and just laugh about mostly jokes that were in it says something.
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when you when you go to dis... what's oh god, what's that word? Discord. It's it's like vivisection, but on a plot. Zane, <laughs> <Same. laughs> like I need I'm a little doing help. An Autopsy on the show. Uh, a show <laughs> autopsy. <laughs> when you do an autopsy on this show no like when you go through and talk about the different parts of the show nothing on its own seems that good but it is fun to watch and i think uh uh the strength of that dialogue and uh the the, the their willingness to do whatever they can to get a joke across i think that's what's really carrying it yeah
0: definitely I, I and agree. there's parts of it there's a, a couple weaknesses that i wasn't thrilled about and you know i think i'm spoiled in that i've seen other shows Dissection. that i liked better Dissection. The word, the word was dissection. You had section in there. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. uh you. Specifically, the tick and dark duck, I think, kind of blow it out of the water, but not by much, and there's a lot of stuff in here that is, like, uh, it's, uh, the tick and dark duck are a little bit more self-serious, very mildly more self-serious, and this one is a lot of Dave Barbarian, Dave the Barbarian kind of humor, where they're telling you the joke, and that is the joke. Yeah, yeah. And that that's, that's good as well. Mm-hmm. And the um, great thing is, you yeah. you can watch it time and time again.
2: Trust me, I'm an expert. Uh, <laughs> and you you still do see new jokes that you might have missed the first time because they're they are kind of wham-bam at the mo- at some points, you know.
0: Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, you just tune your ears in and don't worry don't worry too much about how the plot articulates.
1: That's a good call. Uh, what uh, what do you guys think of the theme song? I was gonna
2: ask. I um, don't like it very much. It's a little long, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty catchy, though, like the first few bits. Yeah, I
0: can't get it out of my head. There's a part that I love and a part that I hate, and the rest of it is just fine.
2: That's exactly how I feel about it.
0: (laughs) What's the part that you love? Please tell me it's the hammock. It is,
2: yes. (laughs) I often find myself whistling that. That's such a good
1: joke. Like, (laughs) we're going to take a break. He's going to choke on a butterfly. (laughs) And that's it. Yes.
0: And then there, there's, like, that uh, some,
1: I don't know. Like, the, the like, annoying teen second verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: like, there, there's a real half-assedness, like, B-lister quality to the intro that I'm not crazy about. I agree. And it kind of,
2: you know, for a lot of shows, that's where people decide to watch or not watch. And yeah. I feel like this is not a great intro to this show.
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know,
2: that butterfly thing won me over, so. I agree. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> if, that should be the whole theme song.
0: Just the very first verse in him choking on a butterfly and in the way that i love whenever 90s jive is referenced uh-huh. like the fact that they say that he's such a groovy guy <laughs> like i i just i just really like that mm-hmm. yeah uh i guess i guess we can kind of wrap up then yeah yeah so um yeah i i like it a lot thanks for thanks for making us uh look at this particular show uh we've seen things like it before but this is an interesting twist (laughs)
2: yeah i figured if nothing else it would be that and i want to spread the good word of the great worm spirit as much as
0: possible (laughs) yes (laughs) acolyte of the gws that's
1: right it was it was really helpful to hear you regale with some of uh some of your favorite parts because um, that is where the show shines and i think i was so wrapped up trying to find um you know deeper meaning or other other little things that i didn't notice all of the good humor where it, where it came
0: yeah uh, agreed we occasionally go down that rabbit hole of trying to figure out what the show is about i myself am very guilty of that in part because that's kind of what we're trying to do but <laughs>
1: this one's just not yeah
0: no and that's okay yeah. And went, the parts that I noticed that there wasn't anything to it were the parts that I couldn't enjoy the most.
2: Yeah, right on. I mean, we can talk about this show again in twenty-two years. We can have another podcast. And um, <laughs> perfect. Uh, A reunion uh, tour. <laughs> that's right. Take it on the road, guys. Uh, and 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 maybe you'll have uh, maybe you'll find something more that you appreciate in it. Um, v-
0: very possibly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some shows are just better with age for whatever reason, and this is definitely one of them to me.
0: Yeah, definitely. You you can't be 5 years old and really enjoy this show, but you probably also can't be 30 years old and really enjoy this show if you're coming to it the first time.
2: That's true. Yeah, you need that perfect middle definitely. ground, which I think 9 years old was, which was I guess just like sweet spot for
1: me to zoom right in there and make it my favorite. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'm
0: glad you brought it to us. Thanks so much for uh thanks so thanks so much for that.
1: Yeah. And for and for coming uh, on the show and being so generous with your time. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much. This was a blast. I've had a great time talking with you guys. Thank you for having me on. Oh. Yeah, ho- hopefully awesome. we can
0: return the favor soon.
1: Yeah. yeah. Let us know. Um, and uh, Ben, what what are we going to watch next time? I forgot. Great. Uh, <laughs> we're going to watch... <laughs> uh, we're actually staying in space, but we are changing the tone quite drastically. Lloyd in space. Can't Not wait correct. for it. Disney. Nope. Try again. Delightful.
0: Buzz uh, Lightyear. Gonna... Star Command. Nope. All right. Although <laughs> I
1: have gotten some, some people saying that they wanted us to watch that. Lloyd in space? Um, uh, we are going to be watching Bucky O'Hare. That's ah. right. That's right. Yeah. Which I don't know if you've checked out the theme song yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's bombastic. <laughs>
1: it's got energy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. The, um, th- this, is a, this is a fun traipse down uh, Saturday morning cartoon land full of space adventures and nonsense. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to trying not to reference Star Fox too much. Should be a good time. Zane, what are we doing after Bucky O'Hare?
1: Uh, well, it's time for another movie, another bootlegged segment. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at a few different ones, and we we wanted to look at maybe an early Pixar, but we couldn't agree on which one. <laughs> so instead, we're going to watch something that came out before Pixar but had a lot of the people associated with it who went on to do it. Uh, we're going to watch The Brave Little Toaster. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Get ready for some nightmares.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, w- that one car that like car compacting scene i don't remember how it articulates but i remember it being terrifying sure is
1: <laughs> yeah should be fun <laughs> do do you have any insights on on either of those uh
2: only to say that i actually just met the uh, guy who created Bucky here a couple weekends ago what yeah larry hama he was a big gi joe comic book artist oh man um, and he was at a convention that i went to here in uh north carolina um that is cool really nice guy he'll do Pencil sketches for you. I had him do my favorite G.I. Joe, or my favorite Cobra character, so. Cobra Kai. that's great. Cobra Kai, (laughs) yeah. Uh, (laughs) I said, hey, Larry Hama, sweep the legs. Give him a, yeah, give him a speech (laughs) bubble. (laughs) And he said, did you say that because I'm Asian? I said, no.
0: (laughs) And then you went like, do you have a problem with that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch that later. Thanks, guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Never a bad Uh, uh... choice.
0: Uh, yeah, do you, just, so before we log off, do you want to plug anything again?
2: Yeah, uh, you can check out uh, some of Tim's episodes and episodes where Tim and I talk, and we also have a video game show that we just recently started, so yeah. it's all at SaturdayMorningRewind.com or just look for Saturday Morning Rewind on iTunes. Sweet.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it definitely worth checking out. I, uh, I like it a lot. I've, I've been listening to it a little bit, and I'm subscribed, and I can't wait to see how the video game part is. Well, thank you. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. Real good listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you would like to listen to us, you can go to our Facebook page or our website, cartoncast.com. You can give us a rating or review on iTunes, and more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Uh, And at this point, we generally tell the guest, ask the guest if they would like to give a vaguely Earthworm Jim-themed sign-off. Hmm. Uh, or I guess we don't usually tell them to do an Earthworm gym themed sign-off. That would be unusual. That would be obstreperous. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a word. Skewer? <laughs> what did I mean? <laughs> Can you define obstreperous? <laughs> Gary, want to sign us off?
2: Uh, I'll just say this. You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with your hosts, Tim and Gary. Grab
0: a bowl of Lucky Charms. Put on your hammer
2: pants. Hammer pants! Hammer pants! Slip on your power glove and relive your childhood with a show dedicated to
0: the love of animation.
2: I am the terror that flaps in the night.
0: Disney. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And so much more.
3: It's time
2: for Saturday Morning Rewind.